0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
1: Interest rates are increasing. We know that much. We know that it's getting expensive out there. Every part of our life, it's expensive. It's crazy, right? You might be out there wondering whether you should buy a house right now to live in, your first property, or perhaps you are looking at buying your first investment property. Well, this episode, John and I, we're going to talk about property and John will answer the million dollar question, should we buy right now? So if you are looking at getting a property, this episode is for you. It might be the reality check you need. It might be the clarification that you need to buy or not to buy. I actually record these intros like a week after we do the actual recording. So, I record the intro the day before the podcast goes live, right? So, I kind of forget what John was talking about, but this episode, we are talking about property prices and we kind of swing back around and talk about the cost of living as a bit of a second part to last week's episode because following last week's episode, there was lots of good positive chatter in the Facebook group about people taking action controlling what they can control. So, John and I go a little bit deeper in this episode when it comes to cost of living, out-inflating inflation with your own income. So, how do we get our income up longer term so these day-on-day inflationary issues don't spank us sideways? Now, this podcast, we do it for you and we can't do it without the help of our Tuesday show partner, Tal. The connection between your financial, physical and mental health is greater than you may realise, which is why when TAO looks at health, they take a holistic approach because the balance of physical, mental and financial health is key to overall health and wellbeing. That's TAO, T-A-L, ensuring this Australian life. How can you best protect your family and future against the unexpected? What are the benefits of ensuring your income? If something were to happen to you, do you have a plan in place? At TAL, they want all Australians to enjoy the freedom that comes with being financially healthy. And these are some of the questions that can be addressed to help you set strong financial foundations. To learn more, head to tao.com.au or if you are after a financial advisor to help with your foundations in relation to insurance, you can head to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. And while you're on the interwebs, Check out my millennial money forward slash tour. We are out there, we're selling tickets to our live shows all over Australia. John's doing a property masterclass. My name's Glenn James, and you are listening to my millennial money. Hello, John Pigeon, host of the My Millennial Property Podcast. Welcome back to the Tuesday chair. Thank you, Glenn. We've got a special guest today. We have. Unaccredited. Yes. Uh, who have we got? What's your name, mate? Uh, Tyler Pigeon. Tyler Pigeon. Look out. Yes. So, what's your
2: story, Tyler? What are you doing here on the podcast today? Uh, just on work experience with John. Are you? Yeah. What have you been learning? Oh, just what he does on day to day.
1: Yeah. So, not much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> how to drink coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you're from Horsham, is that correct? Yeah, near Horsham. Yeah, yeah. And how Down old Victoria. are you?
2: Uh, 16 at the moment, yeah. Yeah, nice. What do you want to do long-term with your life? Uh, not real sure. Something to do with sport, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Into AFL? Yeah, yep. So,
3: coming and spending a week with me in, in the property space is relative to his passion, really. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like you needed <laughs> an easy
1: way into work experience to have a holiday with your uncle. So. I think
3: so, but it's been a good week.
1: But anyway, we're going to be uh here. We've got Tyler on work experience. John, there's a lot of chatter out there. Every time, I don't know if you you find it, John, you probably do more than me that you'll meet someone or you haven't seen in forever. And they're like, oh, so what do you think about the property prices? What do you think? What's good shares to buy? Because I'm in the money Mm. world and you're in the money world. Yeah. um, It clearly means that we've got a crystal ball and it clearly means that we know what's going to happen all the time. Mm. So we know coming out of covid that there was some huge peaks in a lot of things. You know, we had second-hand cars, recreational gear, camper vans, four-wheel drives, all that stuff going through the roof. We've had property prices shoot up throughout the last couple of years. We've got the cost of living increasing out of control due to energy supply issues, due to inflation. Just, It's going nuts at the moment. Mm. Do you have any bold predictions on property prices? And if someone says to you, and and this is the fantastic blanket statement, oh, so what are property prices going to do? What's the property market going to do? Because there's only one market, John. That's right. So what do you say to that?
3: Yeah, look, and, and that point exactly. There are different markets around the country. But I think even more important than that, because in the last probably five years, house prices have gone north. They've gone upwards not necessarily the same for units or apartments. So not only is there different property markets, but there's different property types that perform at, at different rates according to the supply-demand essentially. And there's many other factors that go into it, but supply-demand is the big one. So look, going forward, I actually think the, the gap between units and houses generally around the major cities has widened um, in terms of its performance. So I, I see... Units and townhouses being basically for a lot of people that want to stay living in the city and live in their own property, that being the only option to purchase. So what that means, it might put a bit more pressure on the, uh, the demand for buying those type of stock, which may mean an increase in prices or it may just mean uh, there won't be oversupply of those um, certain types.
1: So, if someone's looking to buy a house at the moment or a property, their first
3: home, and they do have the savings, are we waiting 12 months? Oh, I don't think so. Like, and, and we did some analysis during the week here in the office and uh, of all the properties that our clients bought in 2019, the average return has been 105% um, so basically in, in three years, um, their prices have doubled. So that's unrealistic expectations on property performance and I don't think that will happen again for some time. So, it, But even if the market retracts 10%, uh, those that have bought property are still going to be well ahead than than if they didn't buy at all. Um Fast forward to now, we'll see more of a balanced market where I think it'll just retract back to the norms, the 5 to 7% per annum. So I don't think we're going backwards in any shape or form. And, and different to shares, and you've seen the share market perform pretty ordinary in the last couple of weeks, we, we can't see that with property. We can't check the price of it daily. So yes, we may see some sort of levelling out, but I can't see it going backwards. I've got a
1: bit of a basic view when it comes to buying a home to live in. And because when we're buying a home to live in, we're not buying that property with a view to sell it within two years, right? It's a longer term play. We know that we have accommodation costs in our life, albeit rent or mortgage repayments, right? Is it fair to say if we are buying a home to live in and we've got the deposit and we are still looking around? Like I don't think at the moment you would press pause too much because you've still got to live somewhere and a lot of analysis that could be done because the cost of rentals have gone through the roof as well, Yeah, it still might be better for you week on week to live in a home that you own.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, that's a no-brainer for me at the minute. If you're contemplating, um, two things stop people from buying. One is having a deposit and lending money, that, and the second one is mindset. And, and if you've got the first one, you've got to get your head into the space that says, "Well, I need to buy now." If it if it's a place to live in, because as you said, rents are increasing, and generally speaking. Uh, So rent growth follows capital growth, right? So the growth has already occurred. Now the rents are going to increase. Couple that with the fact that we're 10,000 dwellings a year short um, around the country, there's this whole – uh, rental shortage of uh, of properties, so yeah, rents are skyrocketing. But uh, generally speaking, the cost of money to lend is still pretty cheap, isn't it? When we look at the hundred year average, it's sitting around five six percent, and we're still not there yet. Yeah,
1: and you talk about that percentage as the cost that you pay to the bank, not the Reserve Bank interest rate.
3: That's right. Yeah, yeah. So. Like fixed rates are out of control at the minute. Like someone said to me the other day they were, they were offered 5% to fix their money. Like you wouldn't consider that um, at all. Mm. You can still get low twos as an interest rate variable. Um, mm. That may have shot to two and a half by the time we this airs, but yeah, it's still pretty cheap. Yeah, I, I think
1: it's, it's important to note that uh, f- this is, I guess this is my unsolicited view of the world. Do I think... A lot of housing stock will cool off. Yes. The only reason, because we can't have these crazy returns in every market for infinity. Like there's cycles, there's markets. And, you know, people can now travel overseas. Like just even recently in the Facebook group, more of you were asking about travel cards overseas and travel insurance where when you couldn't travel that ten grand that you saved up to go to Europe, you would save it and, you know, oh, I'll just buy my home now and you would invest uh, or buy your home to live in. So I do believe as the, you know, the borders are fully open now and people are coming back into Australia and, you know, I honestly think Mm -hmm. prices may cool off. Yeah. Um, So when you say cool off, do you mean go backwards or
3: just not go forwards?
1: I mean, I'm not a property economist. I'm not from core data. I think cool offers in not go forward mm. and maybe maybe take 10% off Yeah, in some areas. And we know that um, – oh, and I'll give you an example. It, it's common knowledge here on the podcast that I've just moved to Newcastle. One of the properties that I looked at to rent, there was 35 people there, right? The place that I'm currently in, it was empty for weeks. Yeah. Now, completely different suburbs, different price points. The suburb that I'm currently in, to buy a house in there, you need two, two and a half million, get changed out of three million. Like mm. there's a big range over yeah. $2 million. Down in the other place where it's a lower price point, maybe one, one and a half, we know that the bell curve of people who can afford those properties, there's more people there. Yeah. So I think in some types of markets... The bell curve of higher end properties, there might be less people buying them. Yeah. You might see a ten percent contraction.
3: Yeah, and and I think what you're referring to there, that ten percent contraction, is in a heated market. Let let's use round numbers: a two million dollar advertised property, the vendor wants two one because it's a heated market, but it's probably only worth one nine. Mm. So that's where your ten percent comes in. It's yeah. like, well, I can buy it for one nine now. Last year I would have had to pay 2 one because of the, the heat. Um, so are we getting a discount? Maybe, maybe slightly. We're just not paying hype. We're just not paying too much for something. And, mm. and that's where that balanced market is probably where it's at in most parts around the country. Like auction clearance rates in most capital cities are, are still pretty good. Um, and we at one end we have a buyer's market where there's more stock available to the buyer than there is obviously um, vendors selling. And at the other end, we've got a vendor's hot market where they can nominate their price because there's too many buyers. We're sitting in that balance period now, I reckon. So I reckon if you are looking to buy your first home,
1: and we'll talk about the investors soon because this is, you know, if you're a first home buyer or you want to upgrade your home or move sideways, we're not – like we're still having a strategy. We're still not doing wild, silly things. Mm. And I think one thing, I don't know if you found it, John, with some clients, like have you seen where people, you know, they, oh, they want to buy that house, it's for X amount, the bank vow comes in and it's a little bit short, like that can actually happen, right, if there is a bit yeah. of a lag?
3: Yeah, totally. And and that's one example of a, a heated market that's mm. starting to cool um, for sure. So, yeah, you, you're definitely seeing that. But, yeah, you're right, There's the long-term strategy it should never waver regardless of the type of market we're in. Well,
1: And that's what like I had a big rant a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I was just like me alone for an hour talking about like the share market and, and all that stuff. Your strategy should not change if the market changes year on year, mm. if it's a long-term strategy. Yeah. And I hypothesize that your strategy shouldn't change based on known events and we know market volatility in any market Mm. is a known event. yeah. And when it comes to buying our first home to live in or uh, buying a home to live in, if you're buying a second home and selling the old one or whatnot, because we consume accommodation, as in we pay rent or we've got to pay to put a uh, a roof over our head, you've got to pay for accommodation costs. So, if you do want to buy long-term and you find the property that you fall in love with, that's going to work, that's in the nice street, Mm. is it a little bit Overheated? Maybe. Is it going to matter in eight years? No. No. But
3: In, in a lot of markets,
1: not all. That's right. And this is why in terms of strategy, if it is a little bit of a, well, we want to buy a home to live in and then in three years move out and accrue money on the offset account and then keep it as an investment property, I would probably say maybe in at this time, you may just go, pause, come up for air and just buy it based on it being an investment even though you're going to live in it for a couple of years. Mm. Yeah. Because you've kind of, I think when we're coming off a hot market, like it's all well and good in a, a market that's going north, it's all well and good to go, I'm going to buy okay, a well, property, I'm going to live in a couple of years, and am going to be a property, like happy days, all good. But if the tide's going out in some markets and you are buying a property that's going to be a long-term investment property, Oh, by the way, we'll just live in it for three years because then we're relocating from Orange to wherever. Yeah. I think you have to have a little bit more strategy and call it an investment property that we're living in first, not call it a home.
3: Yeah, And, and that comes back to everyone's personal situation, doesn't it? Like I did a webinar yesterday and we looked at eight things that people were worried about. In the in the current space at the moment, so things like interest rates, um, change of government, um, cost of living, all those sort of things. And out of those eight that we mentioned, only two of them we could actually do anything about. And I think that's the important thing to take away is well, one of them was mindset, and the other one was cash flow. So we can we can guarantee our cash flow, mm. right? We can guarantee our mindset to be able to say well, yeah, there's a lot of negative press out there, we've got to change the transcript and talk to people that are actually on the ground doing it and living it and taking action, not just simply listening to the media.
1: Tyler, property expert, uh, 16 years old. Do you have any feedback for John or any input
2: into this conversation? Oh, it just sounds like you need to have the right mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, very true in in anything we do in life, isn't Mm. it? Mindset, don't pay the bills,
1: bish. (laughs) Well, maybe it does. Uh, But before we move on, because I do want to talk about how we inflation-proof our life, let's just keep going on this, do I buy property now or not, purely from an investing point of view. Because the more time that I've known you, John, the more of a drain you've been on my soul. (laughs) I mean, the more that I've learned. How do I put up with this, listeners? The more that I've learned that buying a property, it's not something you just walk into and buy a property and there's different types of stock. Like Mm. you buy a property and I told you a story off the air the other day about a place of someone that I know Mm. who bought a place for maybe close to $2 million and was like, what would you do that for? It's a 2.5% yield. Like Mm. what are you doing? Mm. Like no. Yeah. the more I've learned is not all properties the same in terms of what your strategy is.
3: No, that, and they all need to marry up, and mm. and the property shouldn't come before the strategy, which is often the case. And I was talking to someone yesterday who's literally been looking for three years, and that has cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think, um, but they just kept wavering from what they thought they were going to buy because they didn't have a clear strategy to say, well, yeah, I, I, I won't change from that location or I'm not going to change the type of property I buy or I, I need to know my yield. And once I know that yield, then that eliminates a lot of the properties out there. But mm. uh, I think from an investing point of view... There's more agents ringing us than there was six months ago. Really? And that's a good sign of, hang on a minute, they need us more than ever now mm. because properties are sitting around uh, a week, two weeks, three weeks longer than they were and they know we've got buyers. Oh, they're not buy. used to it just getting walking off the shelf. <laughs> that's right. And the good agents will continue to to survive and, and flourish. The... New kids on the block that don't know the real world will come in with a rude shock in the next couple of years. So what we're saying is we know
1: categorically a couple of things. Number one, we know interest rates are increasing and we've been in abnormal low territory coming out of the GFC 10 years ago. It's basically come downhill, down to pretty much zero, mm-hmm. and – If there's a reserve bank policy and it does increase to 3.5%, which means a 5% mortgage, pretty normal. Yep. Okay, so we know that. So, we know that interest rates are only going up. We know that central banks increase interest rates to slow down the vibe of the economy, to try and slow down and keep inflation in line. So, we know that. We know that if things are slowing down and people have to pay more for rent at the moment, we know that if people have to pay more for their groceries, it might mean people can't save as much money which could take some people out of the property market which means that less people, less buyers, price comes down or as you touched on before, maybe some markets the price just goes sideways for a couple of years Mm. so we we know those structural things you know I don't you know everything I say on this podcast is worth exactly what you paid for it like this is just me yeah shooting the breeze yeah but is it like
3: is there any other factual things that we know so I think and this may be news to a lot of people out there Everyone blames investors for the increase in, in house prices, right? They're actually second in line. So we've got the, the biggest influence on house prices is upsizes. So, okay, we see some equity there. Um, we've paid down our mortgage. Now we're going to uh, buy a better home or get into a better location. So they're the number one factor, followed by investors, followed by first home buyers. So when you look at that, you think, well, are the upsizes going to continue to upsize? All right, well, the, the cost of money is greater now than it was five years ago. They'll have a, an impact, but not a major impact. Mm. Investors, they continue to invest. They realize that, okay, if they're using equity, if there's equity there, they're going to use it. If you get a good enough yield, it shouldn't worry your personal lifestyle choices. So they'll continue to invest. First home buyers is maybe where it changes. And and that's where the government are continuing to put stimulus in to try and get the first homeowners in the market because they're not building enough houses. So that's where the focus needs to be and should be. But the question is, will first home buyers still be able to get into the market if they can't save the money they could two years ago? Well, the
1: biggest risk that we've got at the moment is people buying brand new homes, because there's a shortage of labour builders, you know. I got a friend who runs a building company, and he's screaming for for good help. Yeah. Uh, he, my cousin Carly, they're building a house, and it's had the the roof done. Bloody squeaky chairs! What are you doing with this place?
3: It's a way you're sitting. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty chill. Um, another word out of you, Tyler. You're out <laughs> of here, mate. Uh, <laughs> you know they've... The frame's up, the yeah. tiles, uh, the colour cullivon's on, mm. no bricks. Mm. And I think there's only th- just a couple of weeks ago, there was a story on 730 on ABC, the number of construction companies folding because they've all put these fixed price contracts on these properties yeah. and building costs have doubled Yeah, and it's flushing them. So that's that, I think, is the biggest risk at the moment if you are looking to buy your first home, mm. if you are building... Maybe see if you can buy your first home that's new, that's already completed, which is maybe harder. I mean, it's not impossible. I did that with my first home. But uh, lots going on out there. And that's why it's just always, you know, back to that mindset thing, have the mindset of, no, I can only control what I can control. I need to be strategic. If we we need to have a clarity call with John and spend an hour on the phone with John and just have a third-party sounding board,
3: yeah, and and I think it it's the we're doing a lot of educational stuff at the moment on, hang on guys, the the world's not about to cave in and life goes on. Yeah, and and, and everyone adjusts to the new norm, mm. and for a lot of listeners, we we have had a massive change from what you used to. Uh, interest rates are now no longer going down; they're going up. Mm. Right, so that's a change. We're we're no longer in COVID, and we're, we we want to spend a little bit more. Uh, I suppose, discretional money. So now we have to treat it a bit more seriously than maybe we did two years ago. But That's a good thing. We adjust to that and we we have the discipline and mindset to drive forward. But just stop reading the media that says it's all doom and gloom with interest rates and prices crashing and share market out of control and um, change of government and cost of petrol. Like, replace that with positive information and and surround yourself with the the right people, really. Yeah.
1: Well, let's have a chat about um, ways to inflation-proof your life. So it is getting more expensive out there. I was having lunch today at a cafe and the owner said that they're just about to increase all their prices because the cost of goods have just increased. Um. So, it's tough out there, mm. thankfully, if you're on a minimum wage uh in the last couple of weeks, the fair Work Commission has recommended a five percent increase to the minimum wage uh so that's some help for those uh, on that and I'd imagine it flows through to the awards in due course uh so you know this is a very interesting time, and at other times when we've seen share markets really cool down and you know, all this stuff happen. we've often said, well, the structural things of the economy are, are fine, so don't worry about it. Well, this time is this time's actually different. And I'm not saying this in a fear way, but it's different because we've got flow on effects with the cost of energy from the war. We've got inflation, fuel prices, like wages are low, like interest rates are increasing. So this time it is a little bit different. So I just wanted to chew the breeze with both of you and and think about ways that we can inflation-proof our life and then we'll have a break and then we'll, instead of having the community member section of the week and we read a couple of things, we're going to read all and a heap of stuff about money hacks that you guys have put in the Facebook group. But before I throw to you, John, I just wanted to tell everyone on that property thing, if you are worried or you want to just double check your strategy, clarity call John Pigeon, three hundred and fifty dollars third party sounding board. If you're about to drop seven hundred grand and you're a bit unsure, well, why wouldn't you spend a couple hundred dollars just you know getting a sanity check? And full disclosure, I do not get one cent out of that, but we might increase them to four hundred, and I'll take fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, so. I have uh, I wrote a little list of ways that we can inflation-proof our life.
3: What have you got, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if this is inflation-proofing as such, but one thing that's really evident out there at the moment, you mentioned before, is unemployment extremely low. Can't get enough workers. Um, there's a shortage of skilled workers out there. So I'm saying to people... We know there's two ways that we can increase our savings as such. Uh, one is to spend less and the other is obviously to earn more. So is it a time now that we say we, we don't we don't press the emergency button but we just maybe think about what the next 10 years looks like for us and say, well, we pivot left or right and change jobs, industries, upskill, whatever that may be. Right Now, some of you may have been preparing for this moment and it shouldn't be a surprise that interest rates have, uh, are rising, but the cost of living has maybe grabbed us by the neck a little bit because of things out of our control. So how do we combat that as opposed to just sitting in the corner and, and letting it happen to us? Um, so that would be my first observation. Mm. Why are you smiling when I said that?
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking you probably didn't hear it because you don't listen to the episodes that I do solo. <laughs> right. But um, a couple of weeks ago when I did my kind of monologue, where you talked about the emergency um, siren Yeah. at the start of the episode. I um, played it. Yeah, I'll show you what I had at the start of the episode. And then I had this. Freaked so many people out. It would have too. But it was awesome. But I think I've said this and I've, you know, I repeat myself a lot but I'm basic and I do this for my own benefit. <laughs> Number one, if you're anxious about money, if you're worried about rent increasing, if you're worried about the cost of food, if you're worried about the cost of fuel, guess what? That's totally normal because we live in reality and that is the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And and worst case, it's here to stay. That's right. So, what we need to do is acknowledge that yes, you're not like tricking yourself up and in a thought spiral. This is actually real. It is costing more to live. But we need to control what we can control. And if that means getting your budget out, getting your Glenn James spending plan spreadsheet back up and blow the cobwebs off it. Um I saw one of those the other day in one of the clarity calls actually. Yeah, they they, they love it? it. through
3: to me. Yeah, they yeah. live, live frothing by it. it.
1: Yes. Um what I would say is let's go line by item every single cent that we spend. Open your bank account and we get micro and go uh that was a Woolworths, $80. Okay. I'm going to do an autopsy on that next time I go to Woolworths. I'm going to really, you know, instead of getting lettuce, I'm getting canned lettuce. Jeez, or, how
3: expensive is lettuce? Don't know, don't buy it. Um, $14 I heard in Matawa. Yeah. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> the Wimera, shout out to the Wimmera people. Yeah. yeah. Local IGA down there, is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, giddy up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're the only one. Um, remember Black and Gold? Did you grow up yeah. with Black and Gold? Yeah. yeah. Pop's house Talk in Gloucester. Afford. They had IGA and it was Black and Gold. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, if it, So it's the grocery thing and then it might be, My power bill, well, you might not be able to control it that much. Give them a call, see if we can make an adjustment. Might be then, um, oh, I pay for Netflix, I pay for Stan, I pay for Binge, I pay for Foxtel, I pay for Apple Plus, I pay for Amazon Prime. Tyler, this sounds like Glenn's life to be honest. Yeah, that's actually my subscriptions. (laughs) (laughs) I can control that. So, I might go, you know what, I haven't watched Apple Plus in a year. Mm. going to cancel it. Yeah. We go through different line items. Fuel, I can't control it but what I can do is download like the the fuel apps or, mm. you know, there's, there's a state-based one or uh, New South Wales have a fuel app where you can look at the area and it tells you the fuel price. So, it's about optimizing the one percenters. Yeah. And a lot of us haven't had to optimize the one percenters almost ever because it hasn't been savage out there no. but now it is savage. Yeah. So, we have to control what we can control. And then my second point, John, since you asked so nicely, we really need to go back to that analysis with uh, discretionary spending if you're in a position to have the discretionary money to spend. Yeah. It's a wants versus needs analysis. Do I actually need this or do I want it?
3: Yeah.
1: Like, and we just have to be hyperactive.
3: Yeah. So there's um, – and I love all that, by the way. There's uh, Thanks there's i think two categories that I'm putting people in at the moment mm-hmm. those that've got a mortgage those that haven't they're wanting a mortgage at some stage when i say mortgage a uh, house to live in and and pay that off versus those that have got a mortgage freaking out because interest rates are rising cost of living increasing so sorry the do not have a mortgage they're renting at the moment yes well they're doing something they're either living at home sure free vesting or they are uh, renting paying money each week and that's probably going up, Mm. isn't it, as is the cost of living, et cetera. So I think – where was I going with that? Basically saying, well, what can I control if if I'm one or the other? Because we can't put everyone in the one bucket, can we? We've got to separate that.
1: And and we need to look at our own situation. I wrote down like in tough times, if we just reverse back and all think of before the first COVID shutdown – when everything stopped, people getting laid off, like at that time, you were like, well, what what can I, what could have I done before? Could I have not had consumer debt? Could I have, you know, not just blew, blown every cent that walked into my life? Mm. So, I don't think it's getting any easier anytime in the short term. So, how can we really look at just getting back and prioritizing. Yeah. Those who have my book, you can have a look at the um, My Money Hierarchy and just remind yourself about prioritizing things in your budget. So, if you're struggling to pay your power bill, well, maybe we can't do yoga three times a week. Mm. I don't know. Just saying, knock yourself out. You do you. Do it at home. But time. make sure that you're prioritizing in your world and making sure you're not having luxuries in the – Basic necessity pile of money, yeah.
3: and that aligns to your values. Yeah, and 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 that health p- play comes in yep. because we don't want to be mentally drained, stressed because of money, and also not healthy, not getting enough sleep, eating well, et cetera. So, what I want to also chat about is
1: so we've we've said all this cute stuff, right? Like, yeah, and can I just yeah. add
3: to that cute stuff? Yeah, because I want to get to the meat. I know. We've, well, I see myself in the middle of the millennials younger and the people that went through 18% interest rates are older. You're basically a boomer, aren't you? No. I'm talking about the boomers here. Sure. Right. So they went through, I oh, remember it was never as bad as the 18% days that we had to go through, right? That line we've probably heard a um, hundred times. There was a difference back then in that the mortgages weren't as high so there might have been 18% interest rates but their mortgage might have only been 150000 150 or 200 thousand mm. now we've got Four percent interest rates and our mortgage is it's ten times income, not four times yeah. or whatever that is. So yeah. we've got to understand that it's not that dissimilar to the eighteen mm-hmm. percent days. So what they had to do, and, and speaking to a lot of them over the over the years, is well, they had to bunker down and survive through it. Did they survive through it? Yes. You don't hear too many spor- stories of oh, I lost everything through those times. They worked it out and adjusted to that norm, and then and some even fixed it in. In, through fear and that's the other thing that we're going to talk about mm. is well if it's at 18 we, percent, we want to get some surety so we'll fix it in at 19 and then it drops to 15 right that's what some people did through those times so don't go acting emotionally through that but understand that adjust to the new norm with those priorities that you spoke about those high values
2: mm. tyler anything you'd like to add uh, just a old saying, tough times create hard people. Oh, oh,
3: oh, oh look at Boom. that. He is destined. There you bro. go. So, Tyler, in your life, you're earning money.
2: Yep. Right. What do you do for work? I yep. oh, jobs at the farm, yeah. Yep.
3: And you work in the butcher
2: shop? Oh, not anymore. Oh, you quit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they well, weren't, weren't vegan. Weren't
3: paying you enough? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So a lot of your income, uh, sorry, your expenditure is non-existent in the sense that you can just decide what you spend your money on. You don't have to pay board. You're still at home. Year 11. Uh, do you have a savings plan?
2: Uh, no. Nah. Right,
3: maybe Glenn can sign the book and give it to him on the way out. Yeah.
1: I love that quote though. But let's get onto the the crux of this. Just as a parallel, like we talked about how to inflation-proof our life, okay? Before I came here today, I was at the GP. It's my second home apparently. Sounds like it. Now, funny story. I was going to sh- tell you later because it's just a bit hilarious. So my blood pressure has been high and they picked it up when I had my last surgery and like, oh, you might want to get that checked out. And so the doctor like last month when I went on there. He goes, oh, do you have any high blood pressure in your family? I'm like – Nah, nah, they're all good. They're all good. He goes, all right, well, I buy the blood pressure machine, check it every couple of days, keep a log. So I've gone back to him today and shown him the log. But I also, I text mum and I said, oh, just you and dad on any high blood pressure in the family? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm on four medications and dad's on three.
3: (laughs) So when you filled out (coughs) your insurance questionnaire, you were oblivious to it all.
1: Well... No, because I didn't have any symptoms at the time. So Mm. that's all good. So what I want to get at in that parallel, my blood pressure is borderline need to treat it, right? The doctor said, look, it's borderline. You need to lose some weight because we know there's a correlation there with if your BMI is over and you're overweight, weight comes down, blood pressure come down, change your diet, blah, 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 blah. And he said something interesting. He said, the thing with this high blood pressure that's borderline, it's not a, I'm paraphrasing him. mission critical, get yeah. you to the hospital today, Glenn, and you know, plug into the machine and give him IV meds like this yeah. is mission critical today. He said it's kind of like the issues that come on from blood pressure, it might present in 10 years. Yeah. And it's a, a slow burn. And I was just thinking then like, we were talking about like how do inflation-proof our life. Well, sure, we can do all the cute things and look at our budget, check the fuel prices and be ultra micro, but that's not going to solve all the problems for everyone. So, we need to go back and have a look at the structural things in our life. Mm. What are we doing for work? We've just talked about the minimum wage and it's great that we've got an increased minimum wage, but how can we have a conversation that can I start to move towards – like the blood pressure, like in 10 years time, I start to do stuff today. So, there's a long-term effect because it isn't, for some people it is, I get that. I know a lot of our core audience, if you're new to the podcast, our main audience, the median income is $91,000. So, it's a high income audience, this income in this audience, right? So, please have grace if I'm talking to that person who's earning 90 grand a year with no consumer debt these things it, it might be a bit painful at the pump now and all that stuff but if you really want to inflation proof your, your life, we need to look at the structural things yeah and I actually at the time of recording this and it's all, it's this is going up on the 28th of uh, June, I was doing a heap of donations the other day, end of financial year, and then uh, one charity, Forever Projects, who we support, I'm, I've am i just committed to do a, a monthly, they've got a thing called Core Communities, um, where people that want to go above and beyond and do $500 a month. So I'm like, yep, I'm going to commit to that for the next 12 months, be part of thing because I really, it's a great charity, check them out, Forever Projects. And he wrote to me, said, oh, look, you you did it through online through the um like the Visa Debit portal. I'm going somewhere with these guys, hang in there. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm wondering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <it's laughs> going.
1: We're going there and we're going there really slow. Um, He said, oh, you know, the core community is $500 a month. Did you just do 550 to cover fees because you can just do direct transfer to our bank account and not use the debit fees and all that stuff? And I said, "Well, no, because I did the 550 because in my life the minimum that's required isn't generous
3: hmm.
1: i'm not aiming just for the minimum and this yeah. is a, a wild thing and it's going to it could be offensive to a lot of people but in your life can you aim long i'm not talking about tomorrow i'm not talking about next week not talking about next year even can we aim to be on a salary that is above the minimum wage? Can we aim with our life to be on a salary that is above your level three miscellaneous clerk award? Mm. And even me speaking from an employer point of view, yes, our team is on the miscellaneous award, but I've never paid an employee based on the level and the award rate because I believe just doing the bare minimum isn't good enough for me as an employer. I always want to ensure
3: that I'm always paying them above the award. Yeah, and it, and it creates, a, I suppose, an image that that's what you'll get in return as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's it's smart by the employer to, to do that, number one. And that's why, like, get
1: encouraged with your career. We've got the My Millennial Career Podcast. We know that's good. a big investment. So and, that, and that's kind of what else am I thinking? Well, we need to have these inflation-proof things in our life we need to make sure that long-term, again, we can't change this tomorrow, but if you're spending 40% of your income on rent, that's actually not sustainable for your life for the long-term. How do we either increase income, decrease rent, to get that accommodation cost at under 30%
3: of your income? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the big things that it goes without saying, but it's often put to the side, is our, is our goal and habits, What's going to be changing in the next three to five years? Uh, is there a chance that we're going to start a family? Is there going to be one income instead of two for a while? Um, are we are we moving out of home? Therefore, our our cost of living increases. So, not just looking at the next six to twelve months or six minutes, but looking at the next five to ten even, and and reverse engineering that and saying, well, this is I'm going to have kids in five years. How much do I need to just kickstart that? And
1: this like. I've talked about this for a long time. It's like we've got two eyes for a reason, one to be down on now, one to be up on the future Mm. and that's that, the straddling. So what are the things that you can do in your life today to stop the bleeding, you know, put the Band-Aid on, you know, we'll look at our budget, we'll control what we can control but longer term, we need to go out and get some stitches. And really repair that wound. That's right.
3: Yeah, you don't want to just strap the ankle and, and the shin. You want to be able to strengthen it so it's going to. If avoid there's an injury. analogy
1: shop, I'm selling them, aren't I? You are. Yeah. Very cheap. That's right. I
3: think Tyler's winning with his quote today, though. That was
1: pretty good. Any, do you have any um, input after my tirade, uh, verbal rampage? Nah, it's all good. Uh, you like what Just, I had to say, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Just dripping gold over here. All
3: about, all about the mindset. Yeah, love he, that. He's a pretty relaxed type of kid. Actually, one thing that impressed me today, we travelled to Sydney. I took him to an AFL club and gave him a nice sporting experience, mm. back to some strength and conditioning and everything else. He did not pick his phone up once, on the way there and on the way back. Jeez. I'm thinking, 16-year-old boy, Like uh, most of them, addiction built in yet. Yes, their heads are in the phone the whole time. But no, just wanted to chat and learn. Do you? What phone do
2: you have? Oh no, like a an eight or something. It's an iPhone though. Yeah, you got an iMessage. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, It's annoying messaging him, isn't it? (laughs) Bloody green messages. Who's this guy? (laughs) Green. Yeah, we get we get your messages in green. I still stand by this. I don't know if I verbally said it on the podcast. I will buy you an iPhone. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I'll, want I'll give you I'll, a top I'll, of the
1: line. I'll transfer $1,000 into your account right now. Hey, I'll post it back to you.
2: Wow. Can't enter off they him anything. No, it's ridiculous, this
3: guy. Well, it's good to be different.
1: So, well, we've almost filled up the episode. But yeah, I, I just think it's these broader concepts of what are you doing for the you of tomorrow? The house isn't on fire today. No. But we need to pay attention because I might be. I'm with these all these long term inflationary things and interest rates. I can see smoke on the horizon, mm. and we need to have insurance for if it does catch on fire. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you about. We'll do an after party today. Actually, do you want to just end it there? Whatever. We'll
0: take a break and we'll be right back.
1: Okay, we're back now. We're going to go through and read a heap of your posts about different money hacks that you guys have. Tyler, do you want to um, pick a name and and
2: read one of them out? Yeah. Um, Haley said, "This will hit home with Johnny. Make coffee at home." Oh, that's a good one, Haley. Love it. Yeah, you
1: can
3: actually um, save a lot of
1: money doing that.
3: But Hayley, if you're listening, I find that I have one or two at home and then I just want that extra one out as well. So, yeah. This yeah. is like – and I, I say it every time, but
1: like the correlation between personal finances and your own health, it's so wild and I really fall down with my own health. <laughs> and like because I'm reading this stuff like mm-hmm. Joanne Padden said, no credit cards and no afterpay. Man's on man's own man's. Don't know what that means. If that – is that actually a business page in the group? Got to remove that, take your lunch to work. Scott Critchley says, shop at Aldi. Like, all this stuff is basic. And even with your personal health, it's basic. We need to, we know that, you know, a lot of weight loss, energy in, energy out and have a deficit, right? Yeah. Like, I was actually, but it's harder to do.
3: I was actually um, quite a snob the other day, which I'm not proud of. Mm. I, I went to order a coffee out of a coffee van and, um, Probably would have been crap anyway, most of them are. Well, I said, oh, can I grab an almond latte because i like almond? Mm. And he goes, yeah, no, nah, it's a bit flash for a Sunday morning or whatever he said. And I said, oh, where <laughs> – so I started a question. It's like, where's where would you get your almond? Milk? It's like, Aldi. I said, oh, no, nah, just make it a flat white, thanks. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Any case, Robbie Rowland says, take your own refillable bottle of water from home. That's a really easy one.
1: I've made it a thing not to buy water out. I've yeah. got my um – Oh, sorry. Can't lift it with my... And the kids still, always want to water. Still recovering from it. my
3: research. Usually, your That's why I said, ow.
1: Um, yeah. Like I, I take my bottle to my bag. Mm. I've got a bottle of water in my car. I yeah. just don't buy it
3: anymore. It's easy, isn't it? Adrian's Smooth Suit. Don't buy what you want. 100% savings right there. And that's easier said than done, isn't it? It's it's willpower. It's discipline. Well, all this crap is easier said than done. Um,
1: Jennifer Nord Live where you work, work where you live. Live where you work, work where you live. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like her name's Gandhi. She um, works from home. Fuel prices
2: and toll fees are high. You got any over there, Tyler? Yeah, Jonathan Raymond, bit of a sucker. He said, Glenn James spending plan. Oh. Yo, yo, he's my boy.
1: Um, but that that goes in line with um, Charlotte Jane said, automate your finances. And that's removing you from the process uh, Grace West says, split your pay into different bank accounts direct from your work. I, I'm actually going to push back on that mm. uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, and then she goes on to say, so you only see what you can spend. You never, quote, unquote, see your savings. I'm not a fan of getting your work to manage your money for you. No, I'm more of a fan of you learning how to manage your money and change the behaviours yourself to build in that management long term.
3: Yeah, it's got to be. And
1: that's the Glen James Spending Plan. If you haven't done that, it's one way you can support the show. You know, we charge a fee for that online course. There's like 18 different videos. Uh, You can download the spreadsheet. There's the first tab you put your income in. The second tab, you put all your expenses. I'll prompt you with every living expense. The third tab, it will tell you, how much to put into what account each week, completely automated. And the goal is that you outgrow my system. Yep. You change your behaviors and you adapt your own system. Yeah. It's the biggest mm. compliment to me if someone says, oh, Glenn, I don't use your spending plan anymore. I love oh, that well. anymore thing.
3: Yeah. And hopefully it's because they've got their own system that's working now. Yeah, not, not because they are oh, falling off the wagon yeah. or
1: on the wagon or whatever the saying is.
3: So Aaron Black... No kids, no dogs. I have both and I think about 80% of our income is to cover them. Mm. True that, Aaron. How's the cost of groceries in the Facebook page? Like, I'm I did like, see that, yeah. Like $80, $100, $200 a fortnight. Like what are they eating? Yeah, but it, it's just different.
1: Like I think I've said on there like since I moved to Newey, I've been slipping down to the Harris Farm markets on Derby Street because
3: it's cheaper than the
1: grocery. No, it's bloody no. expensive. And you go in and you buy five little things and it's like $83.50. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And, but, and that's the difference. It's like, well, I did buy some nice cheese and, yeah. you know, I bought a nice like I fill it at $70 a kilo. I'm like, nah, this is just actually ridiculous.
3: How's mm. um, uh, Sophie Angus get COVID and for seven days so you're forced to stay inside and save money? And that is... Amy and I were talking about this the other week. Mm. It's like part of us, is it it bad to say that part of us wants to get COVID again so we just bunker down? I haven't had it yet. You haven't had it at all? No. Have you had it, Tyler? Yeah, I've had it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not that I know
1: it.
2: I'll say I haven't had it that I know of. Yeah.
3: Had everything else. You got
2: any over there? Uh, Paula Carbonilla said, live with the parents and drive a 10-year-old car. It's yes. Yeah, I mean, me. see, yeah. that's um, what car do you drive? Oh, you got your no, living with the parents. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all well and good, but if you're 32 with the three kids, <laughs> it might be a little bit different. True. Um, yeah, you got to. And I think there's a, a, a there there does come a stage in a young man or young woman's life where you should actually leave the nest yeah. and you know become an adult.
3: But I, I agree that it it works for a period of time Absolutely. to get a result. Yep. Mm. And and please do the
2: dishes and cook and mm-hmm. clean. Yeah. What else have you got, Tyler? Uh Hannah said find joy in free and cheap things like bushwalking, picnics on the beach, special dinners at home, rather than going out all the time. Yeah. A good one. Yep. It's got well it's
3: people are forced to do it now. And it, and it's say the the old saying of we've got to hit rock bottom for us to change. Well mm. let's not hit rock bottom, let's just change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Slam dunks, it's an interesting name. Think about why you want the thing. Consider what feeling it's going to give you. That's what you're really chasing. And we've talked about this lots before, like scratching the itch. Uh, Asher, who does the voiceover you know at the end and the disclaimer at the start. We did an episode with him once where you know he got car fever and wanted to buy you know the new car with a loan and all that, he saved up and bought a second-hand car with cash and it scratched that itch of I need a new car, that feeling, Mm. and it saved you money. So, in your life, if you need something that's consumable to make yourself feel good or you just want it, can you step back and say, well, what will scratch this itch? And it could be, well, we want to completely renovate the house yeah, well, you might not have seventy grand right now. Yeah, it's probably a cheap renovation, but can you say, "Well, let's go to Bunnings, let's buy a heap of paint, let's give everything a fresh lick of paint"? Yeah,
3: yeah, scratch
1: definitely. that itch yeah. for a thousand dollars because I've just repainted my place, and I am sorry that I've disrespected the whole painting industry um, <laughs> and all you professionals out there, but um, it's not cheap paint, no. But a thousand dollars on some paint for you know few tins might be better than a big expense and you get that same outcome. Yeah. So scratch the itch and scratch it with cash.
3: Now, this one had a bit of support on the page. Jessica Soudan says, every time I have second thoughts about spending money on a splurge item but decide not to, I'll put that amount of money in my savings. Mm, That's good. If I would consider spending it, I can certainly afford to save it. So pretty boring approach to save it instead of spend it but, hello, we've got to do it.
1: You've got some local wildlife here hanging out today. What's your name, young lady?
3: Molly. Molly. Jeez. Got the whole clan into it, haven't we? Molly. Yeah. Molly. Yeah. Molly. Molly's Molly. been at an AFL Gala day, so she's dragged herself along with Dad and mm. Tyler. Uh there's one here, Michelle Link. Use Flyby's each grocery
1: shop at Kohl's and transfer the points to dollars at Christmas time to pay for food or gifts. We usually have four to five hundred dollars each Christmas for our weekly grocery shop. We don't do anything special other than active special offers that are relevant to us, extra money for no effort essentially. Okay, so just on that, I've just purchased a new microwave and I was paid uh, to do a promotion on Instagram with cash rewards. This isn't part of the ad and I probably shouldn't be saying this because they're not paying for it but whatever. I used the cash rewards and the shop-backy things to get the cash back. And these are these micro things that you can control. Mm. Um, So, definitely do that. Make a rule in your life, people, that you do not buy white goods unless they're on sale. You do not buy microwaves unless they're on sale. You do not buy any big chunky items. I've just bought a whole heap of new furniture. Uh, I went to Brosa, the website, B-R-O-S-A, I think it
3: is. Got a
1: heap of furniture, new stuff. It was all on sale. Because realistically, the price you're paying on sales is the actual cost. Yeah.
3: They brought it
1: up and then brought it back down again. So, don't do anything unless it's on sale. And then what I probably would say as well, just on that, some of the expensive things that I've noticed in my shopping cart are the dishwasher tablets, uh, laundry powder, like weird stuff like that. It's bloody expensive. I only buy that when it's half price. And what you need to do is you just need to keep an eye on it. So, if you're getting down with your laundry powder and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a quarter of a tub left, I'm on alert mode. So, if I'm Mm. walking through Woolworths and I see it, I then get it on special or I wait. So, there are some non-negotiables that I do not buy at full price
3: is there some sort of app or alert system that says well if you put these uh, items Mm. into a system there's a a red book or a black book that comes up with yeah these guys are no but i
1: think you know another way to really control the controllables is download the coles app download the woolworths app do your shopping online and do the click and collect so Mm. at least you can go look i've got x amount to spend this week on groceries i'm going to ensure that i don't go over yeah And on their apps, they'll have specials. Now, we haven't talked about this in recent past, but if you had to go to the grocery store this afternoon, Woolworths, Coles or Aldi or IGA, who are you, John Pigeon?
3: Yeah, I I try to avoid them all, to be honest, because it freaks me out as how much everything costs. But I have, for some reason, always Woolworths. Yeah, Um, good boy. And and it's probably the laziness in Team me, Wow. Because when we walk into the local shopping centre, it's the first one on your right and it's just Well, if easy. you park at that end it is. Well that's again, <laughs> that's the par- closest park from where I'm coming from, so <laughs> Coles is further down and, and so is Aldi but yeah. I just think
1: I don't know, I'd appreciate your take, Tyler, on these important issues. Like Coles, can you renovate your shops please? They're old, yeah. red, because oh, red's like naughty, bad, stop. It's a such a negative colour. Yeah, it's
3: a nice brand, Woolworths. Yeah,
1: and, and they make a got got lot of money on New, new <laughs> store. I, I just, to be honest, I'm just a Woolworths guy. Yeah. If yeah. I'm being completely honest.
2: Tyler, what are you? It's an inviting kind of shop, I reckon.
3: Yeah, Woolworths. Is inviting. Are you yeah. team Woolworths? Yeah. Yeah, love that. I, like, I don't know if Coles do this or Aldi, but the free fruit for kids is great. Yeah. But um, that gets me. Yeah. Are you, do you care yourself as a kid when you
1: go in <laughs> <Maybe>. there? Maybe. <laughs> I saw someone the other day snap the stalk off the broccoli. <laughs> For the weight. Yeah, I, I, I did it myself <laughs> oh, as well. no. I feel guilty. I'm not doing it again. I'm the, not doing it again.
3: The, there's an element of like this is a fantastic segment, by the way. As an element of me in this says, well, okay, we can save $0.04 a litre on petrol, we can wait till our white goods get on special, we can save here, we can save there, we can be real anal about what we're spending in every area of our life, but we still need to look at the bigger picture of creating wealth so that we don't have to worry about the little things. Yeah, absolutely. And and this
1: is funny. Like I just wrote down, we always – you have to build the habit that you're alert and that you're conscious yeah. to a lot of these big things. Like – but still, build your career. Like it all adds up.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And so, I'm, yeah.
1: I'm like – yeah, I'm hyper conscious on of not paying um, for laundry detergent. I get the fab one, front loader and – I get Finnish platinum tablets, whatever they are. I've made it. I do not buy them at full price. I just don't. Now, the thing is, if I had to spend the extra $7 and buy the tablets full price, not changing my life. Yeah. But I've just made a conscious decision to be
3: alert, to be in the habit with those structural spending things. Yeah, you've prioritized that. And and coming back to Aaron Black is saying no kids, um, no dogs. Like- Life as, as family gets extremely busy, so you have to be really organised to say, well, if it's Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, we sit down and plan that week of, of mm. going to the shops to buy stuff because you don't want to buy three things one day and five the next because you end up spending more than what you normally would. So mm. to do what you're saying creates a lot or, or needs a lot of organisation. And- yeah, and it, but it is building that
1: habit. Yeah. And by me doing that, I'm not tight, I'm not cheap. No, it's just smart. It's just being alert yeah. and conscious to your
3: spending and yeah. not lazy. Absolutely. But if you're if you add a partner and two or three kids mm. under 10 to the mix, now we've got other things in our life that we've also take priority. Oh, everything compounds, yeah. Everything's busy, isn't it? Yep. So it's it's really it's being organized.
1: Yeah. Mm. Totally. Uh, there's a good one here from Jess Sully. I think about the cost in terms of not just cash. That if one hundred dollar gadget said five hours of work on the tag. Would it be as appealing? So basically, we're trading our time for money. So if you earn twenty dollars an hour, mm. and it's a hundred dollars, well, that's cost you five hours sitting at the desk at the job you hate. That might hurt.
3: Yeah, I've never asked you this, Tyler. Emma says, "Dad, pay?" Nah, I don't know. <laughs> Undisclosed. Undisclosed. <laughs> yeah. Undisclosed. Doesn't want it to go national. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, so I think it – and Jay um, Thwaites, Thwaites said, my hack is to do similar except don't think of it as five hours of work but as how many hours it takes you to save that amount. E.g., if you save $100 per week after all expenses, then ask yourself if that gadget is worth a week's worth of work.
3: hmm. That's good. Tina O'Shaughnessy's. it's a good one for the women out there. Maternity clothes, they are not cheap. Mm. And and the point she raised is, is an awesome one because you only need them for a short period of time. So can we get some discount codes or, or just not pay full price for them like we can anything else, but certainly things like that and kids' clothes are the same. It's like we're, we're not going to need them for the long term. They're not mm. going to last 10 years or be practical for 10 years. So let's uh ellie may mullen said
1: no spend year on clothes we really don't need them so yeah can you say well i'm going to try and get through this season without buying a new coat well, i'm going to get through this season without buying a new hoodie yes can you do something like that
3: it's funny going on there? no no was oh. just uh, smiling because i was thinking um i spoke to a, a group of athletes last week who get all their uniforms given to them mm-hmm um, and we're talking about savings on uh, clothing, buying buying new clothes. It's like, well, can we just wear our uniform more? can we wear our sports gear more instead of having to buy the latest designer uh, shoes and pants and whatever else? Sponsors will like that. They will love that. Uh,
2: have you got any left over there, Tyler? Uh, yeah, Maddie Brown said, use cash and leave your card at home to prevent impulse purchases. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean... We are moving away from a cash society
1: so you have to really do what, what works but the principles are there like it's that
3: removing the impulse or having some guardrails in your life. Yeah, interesting one that and I've spoken to a few people about this recently. If you had $1,000 of cash in your wallet or well, let's say 100 These are not all like you. <laughs> no. Rich much. Versus having a card, which one do you think – works better because I've got friends that actually spend more when they've got cash as opposed to when they're using a card.
1: Well, this is this whole thing like identify who you are and how you operate Mm. and first know yourself and be an adult and say, I can't control myself if I had five tubs of Ben & Jerry's in the freezer. Yeah. So I'm not going to buy five tubs of Ben & Jerry's and put in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah
3: that that's your personal situation <laughs> yeah like
1: <laughs> i know myself yes and i'm an adult so i try and not have ice cream it is more awesome. than once a week yeah
3: like it's as simple as that mm. and and i know again a lot of people have cash jobs mm. and they see that as basically free money it's like well it came in it's cash it's going out no real concern about what i spend it on so
1: all right again we're gonna it. move on anna martin have a few no spend days per cycle
2: that's a goodie anything over there tyler uh nina said every year i call my car home and landlord insurer and ask for a discount saves about a thousand a year yeah insurances mm. mm. it- have gone up a lot yeah
3: have not know. So, we need to shop around. Mm. Actually, speaking of Woolworths, I took out some Woolworths uh, car insurance. Did you? Mm. Who's their underwriter? I don't
1: know. Yeah, well, that's what I'll be finding out, boy. I just pay NRMA, ARG. Always had claims, always been good, pay a little bit more, but there've been no trouble at all. Oh? Yeah. <laughs> Each to their own. Well, I, I mean, I just buy my groceries yeah. from Woolworths and not my insurance. <laughs> Basically, I go to my insurer for my insurance.
3: Yeah. Because yeah.
1: usually it's a white labeled product and it's not their called business and they're just profiting off the traffic like Johnson Peugeot. That's
3: right. That's right. But is it a policy that's acceptable?
1: I don't know. You'd have to read the product disclosure statement and the target market determination mm. to ensure that that product is suitable for your needs. Mm.
3: I believe it is sure. based on the price.
1: And also, I don't actually care what insurance you or anyone else has. So, mm. No. Just a,
3: a commento.
2: Yeah. No. What a else? Valid.
3: What have you got over there, Johnson? Kerry where. write down every cent you spend for a month. The moment I write it in my little black book, some weird kind of voodoo happens and I'm saving money like a ninja.
1: Lee Baker, degla- Degr- <laughs> delayed gratification. And that's a struggle. I've struggled with that forever. I'm impulsive but I've had to put guardrails up so I don't have a, a $1,000 blowout. Yeah. I have a $20 blowout.
3: Yeah, you've, you've got to cap everything, I reckon. Mm. You've got to segment it for sure. But Scott
1: Critchley know. said a John Pigeon clarity call. It was a good money hack.
3: Yeah. Well done, Scott.
1: And they've already gone up to
3: $400, everyone, so <laughs> just pay 50 to me and 350 to Johnson and uh, you'll have a good call. Brianna says, Bri- Brianna, sorry, Brianna Thomas, I usually look at something, be like, ooh, I want that, walk away, and if I forget about it two days later, I don't get it because it wasn't important to me anyways. So mm. that, that is a good one. Might sit in the shopping cart for a couple of days.
1: Reese Doyle, tomato sauce is free from McDonald's if you ask. Oh, we've got to talk about McDonald's, guys. Do we? We do. And if you're listening, Ronald, I've got an issue.
3: Well, ra- sadly, Ray Kroc, the founder, passed away some time ago.
1: Okay. Well, I'm still going to say I'm disappointed. What's with your McFlurries? What's that- them off. Just, Just call it a Sunday with crap on top. The whole thing with the McFlurry was they would put it in and the machine would mix it all. Yeah. But now they've got rid of those mixing machines and the special spoons and they just – Oh, here's your M&M McFlurry, a.k.a. bowl of ice cream right. with M&Ms on top and I've got to mix it up
3: myself like I'm a, I don't know, a mixing machine. Not happy. What I'm taking from that is your GP's just said your blood pressure is high <laughs> and your BMI was out of control <laughs> and you're having McFlurries that sort of, uh, yeah.
1: Look, I'm not going to lie, John. In recent weeks, moving up to Newcastle and finishing up the painting at Blue Bay and all that. Yeah. It was like five or six days worth of work. It worked so hard in my life, painting. And, you know, two days into it, I'm like, why didn't I just pay someone for this? This is ridiculous. I'm surprised you didn't actually. Well, it was, you know, those 10-minute jobs. No, but what I did was I'm like, oh, I'll do the cladding outside as well. And I'm like, oh, well, it's common property strata, so I'll do all the other cladding. So I'm like doing bloody – and then the neighbour sees you on the ladder and he's saying, hi, and next minute you're next door (laughs) fixing her stuff. And anyway, so – What I'm getting at, qualified painter. I was commuting to Newcastle for like five days running, yeah, and sometimes I got a bit snacky. (laughs) But mackers,
3: Swansea or Belmont,
1: Uh, both. (laughs) Was Swansea going north? (laughs) Belmont going south? You wouldn't get it, John. Um, But sort it out, mackers. Like seriously, get rid of the McFlurries or get the mixer back.
3: I'm serious so annoying. Like I, I very rarely go to McDonald's and, and the kids always bang on about wanting to go there but they've, they've done it right generally. Like their marketing has been outstanding, their real estate goes through the roof, makes more money than the McClury's, and they've got coffee which entices you in to buy more stuff. They're 24 hours, they're, they're, it's a cookie-cutter
2: process, it's an awesome system. What's your go-to burger? Even though it's all shit food. <laughs> They yeah, do well to make that much money off bad food. Like, yeah, it's uh, bad food—it's delicious. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> pigeons! Please. What's
1: your uh, go-to
3: burger, guys? I, I actually wouldn't have one. Yeah. Like, it's—I uh, don't—I don't, there. I don't oh. go there enough to actually have a go-to. Oh. What is yours?
1: I'm loving the Angus classic Angus. Although I wanted them, my favorite's the McOz. And I I want them to bring that back into circulation permanently. Add the beetroot, the onions. I sound like I eat a lot of McDonald's. Wow,
3: this is fast becoming an advertiser. I don't,
1: but Macca's, McFlurry, sort it out.
3: No, I'd actually go the Angus because it reminds me of being on the farm, Tyler. (laughs)
2: Did you have cattle, did you?
1: No, I didn't, but it (laughs) sort of does. Um, Look, if you wanted to go into the Facebook group, everyone, and just search... Best saving hack, you'll see the post. There is, geez, there's 220 comments on that post. Wow. And we have not read even all of them.
3: Well, there's some content for the next few
1: yeah. shows. So I think it's, uh, that's a wrap. We're going to put a, a button in it. Uh, but, yeah, What's, let's just go around the circle, bit of a key takes moment uh pitch any key takes from today's episode
3: ah uh, look mindset for me in a in an <laughs> all right tyler <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> no in in an environment where everything's doom and gloom according to the media and who we speak to and and uh, like just even though it's even a just passing comment oh petrol's high or this cost me something that i'd really shocked me. I just think we've got to change the transcript on that. So that that's the big one for me. Tyler?
2: I uh, probably don't look into the media too much. Uh-huh. And preparation's key. Preparation's power, isn't it? Yep. Do you know the five Ps? Yes. Do you
1: know the five Ps? No. Molly, do you know the five Ps? No, no she doesn't. There's actually six. Is there? Yeah. Well, let's do it. Prior, Prior preparation, preparation, prevents, peace. Poor performance.
3: performance. Six. There. Yeah.
1: There we go. There you go. Lo- that's your key takeaway today. My t- key takeaway is Maccas need to sort their freaking life out. Yes. I'm well, enraged. You got shares? No. <laughs> <Surprising>. <laughs> I don't think they're listed, are they? How's this? Um, I saw in um, in Russia the other day that you know Maccas is being removed and all that and all these like Western companies are um, – you know, they withdrew from Russia, right? Yeah. Let me give you a bit of a lesson in 101 corporations and greed is good and capitalism. These companies are not removing themselves from Russia because they're doing good things and are doing it as a protest. Why are they moving from Russia? Because they're not getting any sales. No. Why are they moving from Russia? To make themselves look good. They're doing – that's what they're advertising but not Why? Molly, why?
2: I don't know. Because
1: they've turned Swift off. They can't get the money out of there. Ah, right. Like, it's just... So, yeah. So, if everyone's little favourite company was like, oh, we're we're withdrawing from Russia. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's right. You can't get your money out.
3: Yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't know Mm. why I said that, but... Yeah, um,
3: that's good intel.
1: But I'm... Like, you've just got to have a high level of scepticism. You do. Even with this podcast... Have a high level of skepticism. Yes. Like this is free to listen to, but guess what? We sell you ads. I'm promoting my online course all the time. Buy the book. Like we don't work for free and I don't encourage anyone else to work for free, but you just always have to look under the hood. Yes. Like there's a budgeting app that's out there at the moment and it's a free budgeting app, John. What could be better than that? I don't know. McFlurry that actually is mixed. Yeah. So, but this free <laughs> – you watch yourself, Tyler. You'll be <laughs> out of here. This free budgeting app, they're so noble, John. They let you feed your bank accounts into it and they track your net worth. Oh, it's so good and you can have a nice chart. But guess what? You go to the website. They're trying to sell you crappy loans, consolidate your debt, mm. harvest your data. And that's how they make the money. To a you always got to see, you've got to follow the money, number one. And when companies approach us to advertise on the show, if it's ambiguous, is that the word?
3: Ambiguous. Big- ambiguous. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it is. <laughs> ambiguous. You've got to ask the question how do you make money?
3: Yeah. And so, I
1: said that this PR person a couple of years ago, they did approach the show, and they wanted to advertise the product. I looked on the website and I said i can't have this product, I can't promote this product because you say you want to empower people to have good budgets and you know track their mm. money, but you ultimately a shopfront for loan consolidations yeah. and personal loans, yeah, and that's not solving the problem no it's uh, it's worse, and then they'll harvest your account for car insurance and they'll have like we don't do... Most people don't do anything out of the goodness of our hearts. As much as I like this podcast, I also like money. And I like making it because it feeds people. Yeah. So... Well, it's a feel-good um, thing that we're doing. My, my demeanor changed after I stood up. I got all empowered. Yeah. Well, I think it was actually after the McDonald's conversation. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> what it was. I was... So, oh, man. I honestly can't believe it. And who do I tell? Well... I could guarantee I'm going to write thing. to head offers. I'm going to write to their
3: Instagram. Yeah, somewhere in the US, but I I could guarantee you one thing. You got more energy from create, from talking about McDonald's than you would from eating it.
1: I reckon I would have got some short-term energy from smashing one of those delicious burgers.
3: <sighs> no, I'm out. Yeah.
1: Tyler, thanks for being part of my millennial money. Thanks for having me. Been this, a pleasure. I hope this was the highlight of your work experience, was it? Oh. Uh, yeah right, eh? Yeah. <laughs> what what's been the highlight so far? Oh, I went down to GWS this morning. Yeah, it was Lloyd's, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Any um, of the fellas listen to this podcast?
3: They do actually. Yeah, yeah. remember we had Kenners, Adam Kennedy. On yeah, it. yeah, yeah.
1: He wouldn't still listen. People don't it's, listen. Totally. For, he yeah, messaged
3: me the other day about something. All right, say they listen. Yeah,
1: yeah. And this is the, this is the true Why Kenners? Yeah. If you still listen, slide into my DM and tell me <laughs> Lenny <laughs> underscore James yeah. on Instagram. If you're a Swans player or what are they, GWS, GWS whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I tell you, I was you were at a funeral or something the other day. I was? I, you were somewhere sad <laughs> and I text you and I was like, hey, I'm at my first AFL game. Oh, yes. Where was I then? You were somewhere and I'm like, oh, I feel bad. You felt bad? Well, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, you
3: Peter, I'm at my, my first AFL
1: game. <laughs> go to the Reds or whatever they call No, I
3: think I was freaked out because you were so excited about it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, what were you doing there? Did you get lost? No, I went to the AFL. Yeah, I know, but what what made you go there? A friend. <laughs> Hooked you up a ticket.
1: We've got connections, John. Yeah, don't you?
3: who's, who's your ho- highlighted uh, Sydney Swans player? No idea. <laughs> You're on your phone all the time. No,
1: I just, it's, look, we've
3: kind of morphed,
1: morphed into the after party, so mm. turn off everyone, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a structure guy, right? I'd rather watch league than AFL.
2: Please.
1: Structure. He'd wow. structure. You like them just banging into each other? No, I like okay. Well, we've got six tackles. We've got a bloody <laughs> team and a yeah. we've got a line. We can't do offside and all that stuff yeah. and forward passes and I don't know.
3: Mm. Okay.
1: Just like a bit of structure. Who's your team? I don't have a team. I don't <laughs> care for
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> This is why it works, yin and yang.
1: <laughs> who's yin? And who's yang?
3: I don't know. What does, oh, does yin do? I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> we acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast.
2: My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au.